This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast of The Journey Within. And this is a pretty special one because it's my first on-location podcast. I'm sitting here in Argentina. I can happily say it is almost noon and I have not had a glass of wine yet, which is quite an achievement down here. Got a big crew joining me today. Matt Gindor from WTA, Brian Haywood, and also Maxi Dominguez. Maxi, did I say your last name correctly? Yes, sir. I've been practicing yes, for the last 30 yeah, years. Everybody called me Maxi Dominguez, so Maxi. You Maxi's, know? Yes, Maxi's yeah, easy yeah, for me. Yeah. So we are down here. It's the opening week of waterfall season in Argentina. Um, been out a couple of days and have really gotten into the ducks. Um, Matt, I know you kind of talked me into coming down here this year what what was your intrigue when when what brought you to Argentina the first time? Yeah, it's a long long story. Uh, went from I, I was living in Alaska actually, and um, was actually headed down here to become a fly fishing guide. Okay. And my uh, my while I was gone, my brother uh, was gave him and his wife gave birth to their first child, and I was kind of I was one of those guys that when I first left home. I had the desire to just go explore. That's what brought me to Alaska. And I'd met, um, through some work up there, I'd met somebody that was an Argentine couple that mm -hmm. actually had a ranch down here who was, um, they were fly fishing people down in Patagonia. And I was doing some fishing up there and they asked if I would be interested in coming down here. So the plan was, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I was gonna come down in November. Mm -hmm. And uh, I left home, left home meaning Alaska at that time, because I was living up there. And I thought, well, gosh, this is a great opportunity to kind of, my dad and I did a lot of hunting together, waterfowl hunting, because my dad was a decoy maker and passionate about white geese. So he, he, he would make this, you know, pilgrimage to um, Manitoba every year. He kind of had his own little haunts up there in the southeast corner. And so the plan was, is, well, heck, if dad's going to go up there, I'll just drive from Alaska and when I hit, uh, I always I always wanted to hunt the delta, the northern part of Alaska. That's right. where a lot of speckle bellies and stuff are. So I went up there and did that, and then I cut across the Yukon and went into Alberta. And uh, I thought, well, crap! So I might as well hunt Alberta, and then I'll you got to drive across Saskatchewan to get to southern Manitoba. So right. I might as well hunt Saskatchewan. And so I'll just be bouncing down. Yeah. So I did that, and then I was going to go home, and everything was great, and you know I was going to be home for about two weeks, and then head to Argentina. Uh -huh. Well, when I got home, mom kind of threw the hooks in me after being gone in Alaska um, and said, hey, you think you could stick around a little bit? Mm -hmm. And I became an uncle while I was up in Alaska, which is kind of a big deal. And uh, yeah, it just kind of worked out where I, I decided not to go okay. to Argentina. And then the opportunity came around the following spring to come down and uh, on the waterfowl side of things uh -huh. and actually run a be part of an operation that's quite a bit further west than where we currently are and uh yeah i jumped on that opportunity and that's where I what year was that 
what to age it? you. 99? 99. 20, 23 years ago. 23 years 23 ago. 23 years ago. Yeah. All right. 23 so, years ago, and I was down here for one season. So how um, – where did you meet Brian and Maxie then? Oof. Well, I remember here's, – here's a crazy story. I remember the first time we met. On the highway. On the highway. Yeah. <laughs> I was visiting another outfitter who had arranged arranged to – you know, I was going to go see their place. Uh-huh. And so we kind of just – you know, in Argentina, it's, hey, I'll meet you here. And we just kind of did the swap at night, and I got in their There's vehicle. There's like a like, – we, we met at a – like the – I can't. <laughs> Rotunda or a gas station. Yeah, yeah. Just, but I, yeah. The, th- the biggest thing I remember out of that is, um, Maxie, you were you were in your teens. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, you were like eighteen. Yeah, just I, a I, yeah. Du- young duck freak yeah, who yeah, just yeah. you know was all about it, and yeah. and uh, you know, I remember we the first time we hunted together, it was on a I mean it was a big piece of water, and you were the first guy that I'd hunted with in Argentina who actually like. Called, called, called right. the ducks, mm-hmm. and I, the first morning, and you ripped off of the rosy roll, you know that growl that they have. The, the first morning, I, I'm like, I'm like right well, on. They could call the ducks down yeah. here too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like right on. This is the guy <laughs> I want to be with. And I think the first morning we hunted, we every morning together, and the first morning, uh, you didn't carry a gun. I was the only one with a gun. And the I sec- remember, yeah, I remember the, that morning. The second yeah, morning, yeah. I'm like. Give him a gun. Stand uh-huh. right next to me. Let's do this. <laughs> you know because. Uh, you but it's know. the first person you ever saw calling ducks. In totally, team. totally. Yeah, I mean, and not just you know with a, a old butt end of a shotgun shell whistling right. at him. This is a, a full on Drake call, just yeah, hammering the Rosieville because trill. Yeah, nothing. You know, when I was running my lodge, or I say my lodge, it wasn't. It was it was a different lodge, but I was part of it. Uh-huh. When I was running that, there was nothing. One of the big things is, you know, you come down here and you got the, hey, they're ducks. Yep. Nothing quacks down here. Everything whistles. Yeah. Either whistles or growls. Mm-hmm. One of the two. And the so, growl is what caught me off guard the first yeah, time. So, yeah. So you know, I bring the typical lanyard down. It's got the, you know, it's got the mallard. <laughs> it's got the thing, and I'm like, yeah, that's not going to work well. And I found myself with my, you know, widget whistle trying to do, because I couldn't speak English. Or I couldn't, I couldn't speak English. I couldn't speak Spanish. Right. So the communication was poor between me and the other bird boys. And, uh, and so when, and I wasn't used to siestas. Uh-huh. And uh, so when they would do that, we had a couple marshes that were within walking distance. And I had an old truck. So I would just, I'd go down the road and explore. And uh-huh. I'd just sit there and listen to the birds. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. But, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, that was, I think, around 2008, if I'm guessing. Yeah, because there, there, there was a break there between, yeah. and I did a bunch of business. Um, when, I, when I left here, I did a bunch of business. I really focused up in, up north, up in Entre Rios. Right. You know, up on the Paraná. But then I wanted to come back and explore this area, and that's when I came back here. <laughs> There's a big date coming up in June for the tag applications. That's June 14th. The state of Arizona has its deer, sheep, fall bison, and fall turkey. Everybody knows Arizona has giant deer and even bigger sheep. So if you're looking to get applied for this, make sure to give the team at WTA a call. Brian, how long have you been in Argentina? What got you going into waterfall hunting here? What got me into waterfall hunting originally it was my old man, my dad, up at the Delta Marsh of Manitoba. Okay. So we had a hunting shack up there on the bottom of Lake Manitoba. Uh, he took us out of school for two weeks a year in October. Mm-hmm. We ate chili and hamburgers and, you know, had no light or electricity or anything in this hunting shack. But we went hunting for, you know, non-resident hunting up, mm-hmm. in, up in Manitoba. And so I was in college and knew a, a, a gentleman that owned an agency. Uh, I was a childhood friend of my dad's. Okay. And I was in college and I called him to say, my dad told me, call him and see how he's doing. I said, hey, sir, how you doing? He's like, do you want to work in Argentina this summer? <laughs> I was a junior in, in, at the University of Wisconsin. I said, obviously, yes. 
I said, what will I be doing? He said, you'd be a duck guy. I said, even better. (laughs) (laughs) And that was in 1999, just like you said. I mean, it was his same time, same time as that. So that was 1999, came down. I guided for a season, uh, went back home, finished college. They wanted me to come back, and I came back, and Mm -hmm. I guided another season, um, and then went and worked at a at a plantation in Georgia. Okay. So in Georgia, I was doing quail hunting for nine months out of the year, and then I was coming down to Argentina for three months out of the year. Mm-hmm. So I I I went five years without seeing a summer. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wow, never thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fall, in fall. between. Never I got went five humidity. years without literally without seeing the summer sun uh-huh. because I was just doing you know season to season. And in between there, I met my wife. She's from Argentina. Uh, we lived in the States for six months, and we realized we were going to be a lot happier in Argentina. So I've been down here for 20 years, okay. 20, 22 years, yeah. And what, what part along that line did you go from a guide to starting up your own operation? Well, the gentleman that was running it um, <clears throat> had an operation in Cordoba, uh-huh. and so he was trying to do... Uh, Cordoba at one time, which is in the in the early 2000s, Cordoba was just on fire. Okay, I mean there's just tons of clients, tons of Dubs. business, tons of everything, and so they were just nonstop with people. Uh-huh. And he was trying to run Cordoba and where we are now, okay. the duck hunting, and he just couldn't do it logistically. He, challenging he, he for, too much. Yeah, and so he eventually said to me and and to Maxi, you guys take it, okay. you know, and, and, you know, pay me the royalty or whatever it is, but you guys take over the business. I can't be in two places at once. Okay. Whereas Max and I were here and, and, uh, it just made sense. Mm-hmm. It was easier for him, easier for me. And so we became, you know, owners. Okay. Just because of that. Yeah. All right. So. And Maxie, I know Matt. Matt has talked, told me a lot about you before we even got here. Um, that first afternoon of the blind with you calling was pretty cool because I don't know how many different calls you hit in between different species. It was bouncing back and forth, <laughs> the stuff I've never heard before. Um, but that was great. So what got you into hunting? Well, my history is very funny because right. I started hunting back with my grandfather. Okay. Uh, we built our own decoy with fiberglass. Okay. Uh, I started with my grandfather, and then I got my best friend used to be uh, in charge of the big farm with some outfitters was there a long time ago. Okay. And, uh, you know, I I know that time is a bunch of people from the state come to shoot duck in that farm, and mm-hmm. uh, I wait the people feed the ducks, and when nobody's there, I go by myself, and I poach <laughs> yeah. the duck. Yeah. Pa, 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 pa. <laughs> and you know what? And the owner, the outfitter, I said, Maxi, you need to work with us. I said, no, 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 no. And he was tired to tell me, Maxi, you need to come. Because he was tired because I shot all the ducks, yeah, yeah. you know, before the client go to the blind. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was pissed off with me. <laughs> <laughs> and one day I said, Maxi, you need to try at least one day. So I did it. And here I am. Here you so are. You, guided. you started guiding. Yeah, I started guiding. Yeah. You know, and well, like any, I, met, any, I met Brian because sometimes I, I wait until Brian finished to put the corn. I went behind him. <laughs> I shot all the duck. You know, <laughs> like, like <laughs> he was fifteen and he was yeah, I was yeah, 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 yeah. Like any good outfitter, when you get when you got a poacher that's messing with you, got to bring him on the team. Yeah, it's <laughs> best you got one or two things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was brutal. I mean, yeah. he was. I mean, you could just hear him in the midday. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, is that Maxie out there again? <laughs> Don't can't go to that blind. That one's off. <laughs> Bring more corn. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he would literally follow me as I. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was. So I'm throwing him. out the corn on the four wheeler. Yeah. And then I drive back into the lodge, and all of a sudden I hear boom, 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 <laughs> and he's out there behind me. And we're trying to save these places for clients. Yeah. This is this is counterproductive. Uh, <laughs> but in hindsight. Think about how genius that was. I was going to say. I mean, it's, it, yeah. He's like, look at this. He's getting it ready for me. I'm 100%. just going to bounce behind right where he goes. 100%. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who this gringo is, but, man, is he smart. <laughs> <laughs> he is throwing corn out. Yeah. And I, I'm right I in there. I can go shoot duck. 
yeah. yeah that, that, that's when I start to do hunting business. Yeah. And then I start to, every afternoon, go to the marsh, hear the ducks, try to do the same with the Simulate call. Simulate the calls. Yeah. yeah. So that way, I, you know, I try to call the best I can, yep. you know. Well, you got them down you, now. If you, if you over-call, the duck doesn't come. If you don't call enough, you yep. know, you need to find the middle what you they know, want to hear it, at the exactly, time. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. just just like in the states. It's not about exactly. It's not about blowing the call. It's yeah. about yeah. blowing it at particular yeah. times. Right time. Yeah. The right times. It's, it's not just right. making noise. You know, yeah. ducks are ducks. Doesn't matter if yeah. you're in North America yeah. or South yeah. America or wherever. Yeah. But Maxie watches them, and, and what blows me away is, so, for some reason, he knows when they're trailing off, you know, to the left or to the right, and they're thinking about coming in. He knows when to hit it. And when not to. That's what they say. Call them on the corners, right? right. It's just like greenheads. I mean, yeah. Greenheads come in. If they're doing what you want them to do, shut up. Let it, Leave them alone. Just shut Let up. them do what they do. Yeah. If they That's spin exactly out, right. now we, now we, need to now we turn them. And, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it makes a ton of totally. sense. So growing up, like I always, growing up in the early 2000s, like Argentina was doves, and then it, it started to get into to ducks and making Argentina ducks. It's like in my world, it's it's big and famous like what because you guys have hunted here for so long and been operating for so long what makes argentina special for duck hunting i think the habitat more yeah. than anything i mean it, 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 number one year where we are just these these properties are so large mm -hmm. and there's nobody moving around on them and you could just kind of get into this prairie pothole type deal like a north dakota or like a like a uh, you know, southern Canada yep. type feel to it. And I think that the habitat is just fascinating. On top of that, nobody else. Well, I no, think there's no, I think there's that, nobody doing it. I think that's the big thing. I think um, there's, there's the local population. It, it doesn't yeah, exist I mean, for them. You know, Maxie brings up a really interesting point in his, in his story to waterfowling, you know, hunting with his grandfather. Yeah. There isn't very many Argentine-born people no. that have that same story. God. It's just not the tradition that we have. You know, is the pilgrimage of whether, you know, if you're in the, going to Canada or going to the Dakotas yep. and yep. that type of stuff. And you can hear now, you know, if you listen to podcasts that are waterfowl-based and guys that really dig into the waterfowl world, and, and we're experiencing it now back home, is just the simple, the amount of pressure on these ducks. We'll take the North Platte River, which, yeah. Mark, you and I are very familiar with. Mm -hmm one of the best areas on the planet to hunt greenheads. I mean, big, you know, true big greenhead shoots, right? Those ducks, they'll sit on the river, and even in a full dark moon when they should be feeding during daylight hours, they will sit there all day, and they've done it in the last, I've experienced it the last three years. They right. come out at night. and everybody's, For the pressure. Of every, pressure. It's all yeah. about pressure. You look at how our migrations are changing. It's all about pressure. Hmm. It's all about hunting them both. And this is a really interesting point that I found between Argentina and the United States. But it's all about hunting them both on the roost. And, mm -hmm. and guys can argue either way, yeah, yeah. roost or food. Yep. You know, but they got pressure on both. Here, they don't have pressure on both. No. It, no. It, two things. You know, you take this particular area where we are in the prairie pot, what I call the prairie pothole region. We're on the southern part of the prairie pothole region mm. of Argentina. Goes from here all the way up to Salta, Corrientes, all the way up. But... There's so, there's so much water. There's so many opportunities for these ducks to get away from if there is pressure, which there isn't. I mean, it just simply pressure is, the, pressure is why Argentina is so special mm -hmm. and well, the I, lack of. What, what I've noticed, too, which is interesting, over the years, in the States you have that huge migration, yes. right? Yeah. Where in Argentina there is no migration. The, there's the, movement. The I tell people there's movement for food. Yes. yes, but there's there's not this north to south. I have two weeks in yep. Canada to yep. hammer them, and then after that, I you know there's nothing yep. left. It doesn't exist here. I, there's local this, local birds. For me, this is the most fascinating part because I just got done doing the waterfall slam last year to where I was chasing ducks north yeah. to south all year. Felt like yeah. I was behind where they were at. And we had to stick with the migration. You had to, to stay stick with, with the with migration, yes. exactly. I had to follow them all the way from up north in Alaska and, can't, and just follow them all the way down to southern Mexico. So here, 
I, I know where we're at. There's a there's a wide variety of species right here because this Correct. is kind of where they where yep. they where they nest and and, mm -hmm. and so forth. Where do they go? What do they do? It 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 all depends on the year because I mean you take and correct me if I'm wrong, Maxie. The only migrating birds really are the widgeon. Yeah, the widgeon come from the south. The widgeon okay. will come from the south, and so you may may have you know two weeks to hit them. Uh -huh. But the rosy bills, mm -hmm. they're following food. Yeah. That's all they're after. They're following water and they're following food. And so, they're moving up and down rivers. That's so, what they do. Here. So they're almost a little bit different because they're following the agriculture as the fields get sure. cut. They're yeah, following absolutely. that as yeah. it goes. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Flooded cornfields. Yeah. You know, that's where you, we find them. But there's certainly, it never gets cold enough here where everything freezes over. Mm -hmm. So in Canada... They don't have a choice. Shit freezes yeah. over, and, yeah. and, they don't and, have a and they need to leave, and they got to go south. Uh -huh. Whereas here, it never gets that cold that everything freezes over, and so they're just following food, and when we can grab them yep. with our corn sacks uh -huh. and well, feed them. Mark and I were talking about this this morning, is that what I have, you know, I get clients that ask me all the time, you know, when's the best time to go? And I tell them, it, it doesn't matter. It's all about your comfort and your schedule you know obviously mm -hmm. this time of year it's going to be a little warmer yeah. but i've hunted them into you know late july and into the first part of august and i've i mean i've seen skim ice but not it's not like it's it gonna, never freezes over. yeah it's not like it's going to get rock solid yeah, right. and so i tell them this is what i tell them is i say your numbers meaning your number of bag that doesn't change but what does but what right. does change is the species and it's called Correct. and it, and that's really all regulated a little bit i always say by the rosy bill because mm. that's the dominant i mean that's the dominant corn eater yeah. when a rosy bill comes into a pond she'll push everything else out he's a grumpy bastard mm -hmm. and yep. he pushes everybody else off yeah and we experienced that yeah we experienced that on our last shoot really the last time we were together which would have been 2019 mm. pre-covid right we perfect example a friend and i are shooting one pond that's tiny mm -hmm. and we shoot our birds and it is 99 percent rosies we pick up our stuff we get it in the truck we drive a mile maybe next section over just right yeah, over just the, the other pond right yeah. over i mean right over the grove right. right i mean right there pull up to the blind we have a fantastic shoot another two buddies of mine are there I get out of the truck. I'm excited to see how they do. I walk up and I'm like, the first thing I say to Bill is I'm like, hey, did you get into those rosies? Because they came to us and they yeah. came with vengeance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was self-defense. Yeah. And pull up to Bill and. They didn't have a rosy. He didn't see a rosy. Yeah. But they shot as many birds as we did. But they had the true mixed bag. Like right. they had the teal, you know, three different species of teal. Mm -hmm. They had pintails, both speed tree ducks i mean they had everything i'm like you didn't see a rosy bill what's funny is we didn't see a teal we didn't <laughs> see a widgeon we didn't see any of that so that's a perfect example yeah. of how big of a bitch a rosy is i mean when they get in there it's just get out yeah nobody left. so i always tell clients going back to that is all it does is just disperses it disperses the other birds so you get you know in your in the first part you may shoot um you know, you may shoot three of these and four of these and two of these and nine of these, and that's what's going to make up your bag. If you get, you know, later in the season and you happen to be on a rosy thing, it could all be rosies. Yeah. So if you're after diversity, I would say to come early. If you don't care, it doesn't matter. Uh -huh. And there, there, there are things I, I want to go back real quick before we go forward, yeah. and that's on, on um, how many ducks you can get into here in a day, um, mm -hmm. larger bag limits than what are in the States. And hearing you guys talk earlier in the in the trip here, it really, I mean, it really clicked for me. Like hunters in Wisconsin, you mentioned Brian. How many waterfall hunters there are in Wisconsin? Three hundred and fifty. If I'm it, back when I was in school, I think I remember the number <clears throat> being three hundred and fifty thousand yeah. people get a license in the state of Wisconsin, uh -huh. which makes sense because I think Ducks Unlimited say there's somewhere between three and four million waterfall yeah. hunters in U.S. and Canada. Right. So think about that we'll just cut the difference three and a half million waterfall hunters mm -hmm. between canada and the u.s that are out there every year that are they're waterfalling. one when matt when you talked about changing migration routes and and what ducks do mm -hmm. it it it's that give and take it's good and bad 
hunter numbers are going going up, and waterfall is one of those categories that they're going up in. I think it's because there's a, there's an ease of access, yeah. because it's not like deer hunting to where you need to pay for a lease, or if you go on public land for deer hunting, best of luck because everybody's yeah. out there. Exactly. So if you look at the number the number of hunters in the growing space in, in waterfall now, it's great, but it is putting a lot more pressure on birds in the states of what they do. And I think they're cruising through, like my opinion after looking at it, I think they cruise through the states quicker mm-hmm. to get to Mexico. Yeah. Because, again, you have more liberal limits in Mexico, but I think how the flyways work, Mexico is supposed to shoot 10% of the total take of the oh. birds of the flyways. And now all of a sudden you look at, well, there are not that many hunters in Mexico. So, yeah, yeah. You, your bag limits go up. And now translate that to Argentina. There are so many birds, so few hunters is why you have a higher limit. So that's one of the things like you always hear guys in the States say, I can't believe you go out and shoot that many, many ducks. But it, it all relates to the area that you're in. And you're like, if they're not as many hunters, you'd shoot more birds. I've always said since I've been down here that there are more birds, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in whether it's a 100-mile radius, 200-mile radius where I am, than there are in the state of Wisconsin. There are more birds here than that. So you compare 350,000, and, and it's yeah, just yeah. a number I'm throwing out. Yeah. It, Michigan, maybe 200,000. Yeah. Minnesota, maybe, you know, 400,000. There's 60 people shooting here <laughs> a year. Yeah. You heard that right, everybody. 60. 60. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it, you can't compare it. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that with, with all that's been going on with, you know, two years of not shooting, it makes no difference. These ducks don't, they don't know pressure like it is in the States. That's because you may be hunting a pond and then you won't go hunt that pond for another two weeks. But in the States, there's somebody on that pond. There's somebody on the pond next to it. There's somebody on the roost. There's somebody, yeah. Here's the other thing. This will stand some hairs up, I promise you. Oh, good. That's what I I like. (laughs) Go at it. You know, it's, I think one of the advantages, and when I say advantages, and I look at it, the advantage to managing the resource would be the whole baiting concept here. So imagine, and you and I have talked yep. about this, Mark, is, is another we, thing. We prefer to call it a baiting schedule. There you go. There you go. Schedule. Okay. <laughs> um, is feeding. Could you, could you imagine if we were to draw the only two waterfowl tags in the state of North Dakota, mm-hmm. okay, on a high water year, yeah, okay, and yeah. we're and we're driving there, and, and we can see them. I mean, there's fifty in that one, and there's a hundred in that uh-huh. one, there's two hundred in that one. There's a sheet water cornfield that's full of them. We're in it, right? Yep. It isn't ducks will be ducks, and I don't care who it mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. how they are, whatever. We're only going to be able to that. That actually is going to be a harder hunt. Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult because mm-hmm. we're going to bang a couple times because there's nothing special about the spot that we are. Mm-hmm. Granted, yes, there's some you know moist soil stuff that may make one spot, but there's thirty of those versus one yep. on a dry year. Yep. So as soon as you give that duck pressure, bang, 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 all of a sudden, why would I? I mean, I'm just going to go sit over here. And they're going to deter from yep. the noise, right? Yep. So you you take that, take that concept of high water, take the duck numbers, bring them down to this area. I can bait a pond. I can make this place special. I can get in there, put two guys in a blind, have a successful shoot, and be out of that blind and gone before ninety percent of the ducks that come are even here. Yep. That, and my I can, friend, is the key. And I, can, and I can get those. I can finish those ducks close to where we're, we're not sending a bunch of cripples off into yep. the weeds because mm-hmm. I don't care who, the, who it is. You know, guys are all about limits, right? That's but, the, that's the hard part. They're about limits. And, and, and what I've always tried to make people understand here, both Max and I laugh about it. Because if you were in the States and you got your limit in five minutes, you'd be like... High five and... Yeah. Unbelievable day. Oh, best man. day ever. Epic. And yep. so we have a better limit here, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And if we could do it in a half hour, 40 minutes and get out of the pond, like you said, yes. before 90% of the birds even saw us there. Yeah, that's right. You know, where's the high fives, man? Yes, you know, yeah, yeah. We, we just did it. That's what we're after. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's fantastic. I'd, 
yeah it, it, it's it. it is funny how quick people realize oh, yeah. realize changes. what what were you doing the first hour and 45 minutes of the sun rising right okay yeah so yes a siesta needs to be taken yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's not you know it, and it's part of our culture you know being as being grown up where we yep. did i mean we're go 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 right i mean the That's amount the of work way. the amount of work that you've got to put in to consistently be successful on u.s Absolutely. soil yeah. for waterfowl is it takes way more and it's hard it's a mindset it, it you come down here and you're like man it's no different than a mountain hunt right yep a mountain hunt you get up when the sun comes up and you make breakfast mm -hmm. and you do your stuff and whether it's chasing horses or yep. fixing your pack and all and you, a lot of times you're not even moving up in an active hunting situation till nine ten o'clock ten o'clock in the morning yep and that just drives a ton of people nuts because yeah. we're used to half hour before sunrise. We got to be there. Let's rock and roll. We, yeah. What are we doing? We're wasting time. Because it, half your shots may happen yeah. right at, you know. Right at the cusp of when You it, got the list. I remember my dad always had the, the sunrise list. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sunrise, you know? sunset yep. chart. Yep. Sunrise, sunset chart. Okay. We can go, you know. Legal yeah. time. In the Delta Mars, we can go. Staring yeah. at the clock going. <laughs> right. We need to get three more her. minutes. Three, three more minutes. Three more minutes. Oh God! Two groups just came in. Yeah, we can't shoot. <laughs> yeah. oh, two they're more minutes. They're sitting in the decoys. Yeah, we got right. two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Thirty seconds left. They take off. Yeah, that's every exactly time. Right. every time. Uh, yeah, that's funny. No, I, it, it is. It's a cultural change, and uh, I think it all comes down to pressure. And whether you're a fan of baiting or not, I I I seriously think it's a very good. Um, resource management tool. Hey everybody, I'm a believer in using the best and that's exactly what Gunworks rifles are. They're the best in the market. If you're looking for accuracy and dependability, make sure to go check them out. Get that gun of a lifetime coming your way at gunworks.com. If you guys are looking for the best seat covers on the market, you got to make sure to check out Rough Tough. I've had them in my truck now going on four years and they are bulletproof. Make sure to check them out, roughtough.com. If you're looking to book the trip of a lifetime, make sure to give the team at WTA a call at 1-800-755-8247 or check out our website, WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com. Well, here's how I look at that. Like it, everybody, I mean, these are one of those touchy subjects in the U.S. too, but I look at it as it's a cultural. It's been done down here sure. for how long? Yeah. So what is it that somebody in the U.S. can sit there and, and talk about how we do it and say, ah, you shouldn't do that, even though down here, baiting forever. 30 years. So, yeah. yeah. Like you, we yeah. can't sit there and judge because we're not, I mean, we're not down here. We don't operate down here. We don't, we don't live and breathe the culture. But, but again, it's just, it's just the magnitude of how many people are hunting. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's no, yeah. There's nobody here. So, so if, yeah. in the States, you have, you know, your limit of three or four and one's white and one's green. And yeah. no more on, of two on can Wednesday, be you yeah. can get yeah. three of them. And on Tuesday, you can get one of them. I know there's yeah. all kinds of rules. But in the end... In the states, if they would let you bait, you're still not going over that. Still not going over that. Limits a limit. Yep, limits a limit. Yep. And yep. so maybe it'd be easier for everybody. Anyway, yeah, that's why we're so. Here. Let's uh, like always educational on on this podcast and everything I do. So let's walk through what a normal day is here. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Wake up in the morning. I mean, this is where I'm going to let you guys take it. I've been here a couple days and experienced but. What time are you getting up in the morning? What's the plan for the morning hunt? What happens when you come back afternoon? Go out at night? Like, what's a what's a day in in waterfall hunting here? Well, 
So, and I'll correct anything that, that you miss. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you wake up in the morning. A, I knock on your door Friendly very rudely. And I try and make it as uncomfortable as possible to wake you up. Just the loudest door I can possibly do. That's because you've been doing this a long time and yeah. realize some people it's, sleep I, in. I, yeah. I sit outside the door and I think, how can I fuck with these guys? <laughs> <laughs> um, so breakfast in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Eggs and bacon, some orange juice, and we want to be out into the blinds. Blinds around this area, you know, we're within 20 minutes yep. at the very latest. So we're watching what time the sun's going to come up, and we want to be in that blind at least 45 minutes before the sun comes up, mm-hmm. at least, sometimes an hour. Uh, do the morning shoot, uh, two people per blind, yep. try and keep that. Always just, regular. just two, yep. you know, two with each guide. Uh, get the limit. Normally by 9, 10 in the morning, we're back at the lodge. And we're forced to eat, you know. A big lunch. Big lunch. Yeah. Some wonderful appetizers. Maybe some Malbec wine. And you guys got Malbec here now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a hot topic. It's, it's an inside joke. We've been here two days and they finally found a bottle of yeah. Malbec last night. We're in Argentina. <laughs> And then in the afternoon, it's a, you know, rinse and repeat, uh-huh. you know, leave at three, three thirty, and go do the same thing. And, and, uh, we're one of the very few places that do ducks and ducks. Yeah. So a lot of people do ducks in the morning and then they're taking people out to do doves or pretties or mm-hmm. whatever it is, but we're, we're hardcore ducks and ducks. And that's why we have the people that we have. I was going to say, I think that's, that's why it. you got so that, much so much repeat business because right. you get to that's go duck hunting. Yeah. yeah. Nobody Over. wants to go dove hunting in the afternoon. There's definitely there's definitely value in the in the duck dove combo, you know, for someone who's never. But there's yeah. also there's a ton of value in and I'll be the first to admit to that, you know, coming to Argentina first time ever and shooting doves sure. in the afternoon. I'm like, what the heck? I mean, what do you want to shoot doves for? But I, I've, I've fallen in love with doves and pigeons. No, I, I, I understand that. I understand the, the, but at the roots at, at my right. roots, yeah. I didn't grow up a dove hunter. That's a, mm-hmm. we'll just call that a Southern tradition. You know, it's just not, we grew up, Mark, yeah, you and I, and ducks, you can't even hunt doves in Michigan now. Ducks and ducks and grouse is what yeah. we grew up with, you know? And so having ducks and ducks, I mean, this is, a, it's like your own little duck camp. You it's know? a great day. Yeah. It's what a great it day. Well, Afternoon and, and, shoots. And there's not many people that do it. Yeah. There's really not many people that do it. And that's kind of what both Maxie and I have for years and years have kind of been able to build a business up on is that mm-hmm. yeah. there's there's they're waterfall hunters mm-hmm. you know yeah. duck hunters. they're yep. coming here to duck hunt yep they, they, yep. they don't want to waste their i'm not saying not waste. waste yeah so yeah. there's people that could go if you want to go dove hunting go to cordoba mm-hmm. and shoot a bunch of doves i'd go mm-hmm. to Anth- i'd go to Antarios. or wherever you want to go that's fine <laughs> especially nowadays but i'm gonna take you out and i mean this is a duck area how many doves are we gonna shoot in after maxi Dove? Yeah. No one. No, <laughs> yeah. So about a half a dozen, about a dozen pigeons uh, yesterday. Yeah. I did shoot two pigeons yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, uh, you know, your morning, your morning duck hunts, just like anywhere else, is is generally your more oh, action packed. Absolutely. Um, you know, we yeah. just that desire to feed in the morning. In your afternoons, it's kind of a they trickle in, but it's still an enjoyable, you know. To capitalize on the weather, the afternoons and sure. sunshine, and yeah, it's very relaxing and very enjoyable. So, what are the main? I mean, what are the bread and butter species here? What'd you say, yeah. Maxie? Yellow bill. Huh? Rosy bill. Yeah, rosy. Yeah, rose bill. Yellow bill. Pintail. Yeah. yeah. Those are the bread and the bread and butter and that the, you go and out. The, and, and the speckled teal. Yeah. yeah. Those are the. That's the, like your big three. The th- big three. Yeah. I can say those yellow bill pintails like to like to come in. Yeah. Well, right into the decoy. So it's interesting. For us, it's not so much what is bread and butter or what the numbers are or mm-hmm. anything. Those are the three species that respond best to the corn. Right? Yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Those are the ones that yeah. eat. Those are the ones. The bigger, that... bigger body ducks and. Well, the the, yeah. the 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 speckled teal is a little bird, but it eats the shit out of corn. Mm-hmm. And those are the three. That's I mean that's that's. 
if you don't have those three, you don't have a dugout. Something's rotation. off. Yeah. Something's off. Right. Yeah, but that's that's part of every day of the season, every every shoot, you're that's like the staple. Right. You look at the other species, I mean we've seen a ton of ring teal. We've yeah. seen a ton of there's silver teal. Silver yeah. teal. Um, they're there, but they're they're not gonna be there all year. Yeah, they're you know? just kind of mix and match and in and out. Right. And We've so, seen way more cinnamon teal on this trip than I've ever seen. Yeah. That, that place we hunted this morning, loaded. Yeah. Call that the cinnamon hole. I mean, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's. I've, yeah, I have not seen this many cinnamon teal in a while. But long wouldn't you agree with Maxie? The, the, so the rosy bill, the speckled teal, and the yellow, the yellow bill, yeah. that's a three. That's, that's what you. And we've if seen. If you're a, running an operation, that's what you need. That's what you need to. Yeah. Yep. And we've seen a ton of white cheek pintails. Well, that's good, yeah. but those are. In and out. Not in and out uh, in a season, mm-hmm. but in and out on a yearly basis. So some yeah. years, do you remember, uh, actually, shit, what was it, eight, nine years ago? You remember the white cheeks? Yes. We shot like 90% of the ducks we shot in a season were white cheek. Yeah, it's a great weird. nesting urine. It, it was, yeah. For some reason, they were there. Yep. And it, so it's year to year. It's not month to month with them. The white cheeks are, they're either there or they're not. Mm-hmm. And do you find that the same with the, with the tree ducks? There's sometimes I come down here and there's a ton of, you know, there's a ton of fulvus and there's a ton of white, white trick with the tree duck is, is you can't, he doesn't decoy. Real you well. can't really bait them and they don't decoy. They just, they sit yep. above you for 15, 20 minutes and yeah. then don't decoy. Yeah. And you just, you know, Max is out of breath. Yeah, calling them, yeah. <laughs> and they don't do anything. Mm-hmm. They just never come down, and so it's as what is it that the older gentleman that we work with? It's not a commercially usable duck, is what he says. <laughs> it's, 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 it, if if I were to look out into into a pond, and there were ten thousand bulbous tree ducks, yeah, bulbous whistling, it duck. means nothing to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's not usable. Yeah, it's they're not going to feed. They're going to fuck not, with you all day. Yeah, over they're your not going to do and it. They're just never going to come down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas, rosy bills, yellow bills, and and the and the speckled teal, they're coming. They're going to do it. Yeah, they're coming in. They're going to do it. Yeah. So. Now, um, just diving in logistics and stuff like this for people that are listening, looking to come to Argentina. I assume. 99% of the people that hunt with you use your shotguns that you've got. Correct. Yeah. I, I brought a rifle down earlier this year in Argentina, and I will personally attest to it is doable, but, man, it is a pain in the ass. Yeah. For If you're looking to come, they got high-quality shotguns here. Just just use the ones they got here and make your life Absolutely. easy traveling through. Yeah, yeah. yeah those they changed a lot. I remember when I first came down, it was, it was a piece of cake. Easy to get a gun a through? piece of cake. I remember – no longer is that true. Right. So 2009, 2010, something like that. We, Max and I said, you know, we're not renting anymore. Just come with your own guns. Because it was that easy. And then the government kind of changed in Argentina and the regulations changed in Argentina. And Max and I said, we need to buy some guns because these people aren't going to be able to come in with them anymore. Yeah. And so from one year to the next, we said, you know, we're not renting anybody guns. And then the next year we said, you can't bring your own in. Yeah, don't into. bring your own guns anymore. <laughs> I mean, it changed with the government just like that. It, it, it was overnight. That, that's Argentina. Yeah. Just and I found it easy to where we're one, – one thing, logistics to hunt where, where you guys operate here. I mean, we landed in Buenos Aires, and then it was, I kid you not, two hours and 45 minutes we were yeah. at the lodge. So logistically mm-hmm. for people looking to come to this, this region of Argentina, it's take an overnight flight, land in BA in the morning – two-hour, 45-minute drive, we were shooting ducks that afternoon. Having lunch and mm-hmm. shooting ducks. Yep. That's right. That's yeah, the, the typical routine is half day on the first day. Correct. Two to three days. I would probably recommend three days. Three yeah. full days in the middle. Yeah. And then a, a half day in the morning. Yeah, with AM and all international flights from the U.S., they're all going to arrive in the morning, and then they're going to depart in the night. So you and always night. have time for that, that, first, that first shoot in the evening. And then mm-hmm. that last shoot, you usually shoot in that morning, and you got plenty of time to get back to VA and right. catch your evening. Have lunch, out. and yeah. then yeah. back to the evening flight, headed yeah. home. Yeah. It's really an easy – I mean, you think about Argentina being a long way, but it is truly easy to get here 
from the states. I mean, from Atlanta. Or, or the other thing I, is the time change. It's only two hour difference. It, the, the, two the, the, the nicest time part. change two is hour, the biggest part. Two hour difference from central time zone. But yeah. at the same time, you're flying at night. Yeah. So it's not like you lose a day or anything. You no. have jet lag. Two movies. You just in fly a, at night. That's two, exactly mov- right. two movies and two movies and a nap, and you're here. Yep. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So agriculture in this area, I know it drives it. I've seen corn, soybeans. What else is? I mean, this looks like the agriculture area of Argentina right here. Is, oh, this is the bread. Basket. This is the bread yeah. basket of yeah. Argentina where we're hunting right yeah. here. Yeah. And, what and it, also, also cattle. Right. Yeah, There's I was going to say beef. Seen a few cattle around. There's, yeah, but the, I mean, it, this area's got a bunch, a bunch of cattle, which is very good for us because a lot of times they'll harvest those fields. And then let the, the cattle out in cattle in yeah. behind them, and so if there's any water in a field like that, mm-hmm. uh, the cattle shit out the corn, <laughs> and the duck likes it even more. They, it got God's honest truth. They come back, <laughs> softens it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gets them coming back in. So how would you? And I'm awful because this is only my second trip to Argentina. How do you? What is this area that we're in right here? What if somebody? talks about i want to go hunting in argentina and you're like you need to go do blank this is the wet pampas is what they would call it so there's a dry pampas and uh-huh. a wet pampas okay. Okay. So the pampas out province. west is a very arid whereas here we're in so the pampas is is just a way to say kind of how would you say it? the, the I'm still, uh, yeah. you like said north it dakota the plains yeah uh-huh. yeah so pampas is a word for 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 pampas would be plains this is the wet plains okay where we are so there's tons of water all year. Not tons of water, but... Water table's very yeah. high here. Yeah. Notice. So even, 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 you know, even you get a, just a good solid rain as we would get in the States, that uh-huh. water's going to stick and hold. Exactly right. Gotcha. Very, uh, very clay-based soil. Right. It's really. wet pampas, they call yeah. it. So the wet plains is what, what, where we are right now. Okay. And season starts, obviously, the end of May. When does no, when first part of first May. part of May. Yeah. First Start, of May. First, starts first part of May. When does it run to? Until the end of July. End of July. Mm-hmm. And you're in the same number of ducks from the beginning of the season until the 100%. end. 100%. 100%. Lots of ducks. You may, like, like we talked about earlier, you may. Your bag. Your bag switches. You may change but, what you got, but the numbers stay in the same. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a cool part for a lot of hunters in the States is, is man, May, June, and July, you can – get on a quick flight and go down to Argentina and continue your hunting season when in the States there's exactly nothing. Yeah. No, it's, that's the thing too, is it doesn't interfere with any other, you know, it's not, you're not going to screw with your North American pursuits, Mm -hmm. you know? And have you seen once guys come here once they're like, Holy smokes, I'm going to come back as many times as I can and just get those repeat guys that are like, this yeah, is just part of all, my... They're all like 90 now, and well, they still want to keep coming. I think, I <laughs> think once... 20 years. I yeah. think once somebody understands the, A, the consistency, the yep. service, the ease of travel, yep. it, it is easy. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I think it becomes an annual, biannual trip for, for a lot of people. Yep. I, I, like, get, I get guys, I've had guys that have come down and on their particular trip, you know, they kind of fall in love with the species. First of all, the, you know, the colors. Yep. The different. only the only duck that you've got down here that we have in the states is the cinnamon teal. Mm. And I would say I always tell people, South American cinnamon teal are just a smidge bigger than. Mm. Yep. I would, than say, the, I would agree with that from the ones I've seen. Teal. Yep. So that's the only one. And you'll get guys that, oh man, I got into a really good rosy shoot. I want to shoot rosies. And so they come in late July. They come later. Yeah. Yeah. Versus guys that really like that traditional teal shooting uh-huh. type stuff, they're like, "Yeah, man, that those you know." I one day we shot this, 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 and this, and they're all oh, you know all the teal, and they're they want to stick with man that that fast action pintail teal shoot, so they tend to push towards the front of the season. I you, you know I've in twenty years is fascinating. All of our clients, I've always said the same thing. Uh, after about ten years, it became. You know, what do you call repeat business? Because people would come, and then maybe they're come with their brother the next time and their kids the next time. Mm-hmm. It's not the same group. Yep. Don't yep. know the same guys. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, that's kind of a repeat group because just one of the that six one guy came yep. with the other one. And when you add it up in total, I mean, it's literally 90% of the people we deal with are people we've – I always say we've seen before. Yep. We may not know 
three or four of them because they're they're new guys. But the the group leader, he's, he's been, been here before. Yeah, and, the captain, and it's you know ninety percent. I'm guessing, and that's. That's what I use to tell that you're running a, a great operation. Mm. If you got your repeat number that high, it means you yeah. can control. I tell everybody if you can control the controllables. Sure. And and guys will come back. The one things you can't control are the weather and the animals. But here, there's so many birds and so little pressures that that that's your resource. Mm. So then all you have to do is make sure you got great guides. Yeah. Decoys work. Guns work. I yeah. mean, obviously the Estancia here is awesome. Food's yeah. great. What's not to come back for? Yeah. 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 Amen. There it is. Sold for you, Brian. You're done. All right. So what, Matt, I know you've hunted all over. We've talked about this region. What are the other areas in Argentina that are, that are good for ducks or known for ducks? Well, I would say probably Entre Rios, Salta. You know, a little, there's Corrientes, mm -hmm. which is up north. Up north, so it goes, let's just take BA as kind of the, the hub, right? Okay. Yep. Center of the wheel. You go west. Prairie pothole country where hmm. we are, and then you go north up into Entre Rios, which has got the Uruguay and Paraná River that all come together, kind of more backwater. Um, the bag up there, I think, is not as diverse as okay. it is out in the prairies, um, but that's a great area for the duck dove combo with an option. Absolutely, of, yeah. Of, yeah. with the duck dove combo with an option of perdiz. What guys, I always tell people, and I say that a lot, um, is you got to understand, but it's the worst time to dove hunt during duck during season. During duck season is the it's worst, the worst time. time. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, the wor it's the worst. Because everybody talks about high season, low season yeah, when yeah. you're talking about dove hunters. Uh -huh. It's the worst time to dove hunt. But I tell them what I do is your dove hunt's going to start at, you know, three-ish in the afternoon. It's uh -huh. usually a three-hour shoot. And uh, I take one box from my bird boy and I put it in my pouch. And I say, okay, for this box... I'm only shooting birds that go directly overhead and I'll shoot 25 shells overhead. Uh -huh. And then I take my next box, I put it in and I only shoot left to right. I take my next box and I only shoot, you know, right to left. Yep. And then I take my next box and I shoot doves going back away from me. Okay. And I repeat that process twice. Uh -huh. So that's eight boxes. And then that still gives me two boxes to have fun with. <laughs> so I only, in that three hour period, I want to see what my, what my shot percentage can be because uh -huh. your bird boy is usually holding the clicker. I want to see how many birds I can shoot out of 250 shells. And it never fails. When I'm breaking into my eighth box, the poor fella down the way who's got the extended tube Benelli, he's breaking into like, his, he's into it for a case and a half right now. Uh -huh. And he thinks, holy shit, we hit the holy grail. Blazing and he's, away. And he's trying to hit everything that flies. Uh -huh. One to, he's two shells over here, third one over the top, spinning to the right over here. <laughs> and he's just corkscrewing himself around, having a blast. And that's yep. what it's all about, yep. right? Yep. And you'll see that the average hitting percentage, I don't care if you shoot 200 shells or 25,000 shells, the average hitting percentage on a dove hunt in Argentina is going to be somewhere around 30%. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the average. So that's, and I learned that way back shooting in Cordoba years ago is 30%. So I always see if I can do better than that. So okay. if I say, okay, I'm going to focus. Plus it helps me in all my other, you know, duck oh, hunting absolutely. and all that. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to like, I always tell guys, you know, when you go to Argentina, whether you're talking about ducks or doves or whatever, your first thing you're thinking is, is man, I, man, I hope we hit it right. I hope we're, I hope we're there. I hope the ducks are there. I hope that stuff in Argentina with the birds, it's happening. Uh -huh. It's happening when you're sitting in your office. It's happening when you're on the plane. It's going to happen tomorrow, just like it happened yesterday. Always happens. It always happens. Now, do we have slow days? You know, but yeah. but in the grand scheme of things, it's always there. So that's what your probability uh, is. Is much yes, higher. Yes, I mean, it is. I mean, and so that's yeah. where that that region of um, Entre Rios, you know, going north is. Salta would be to the northwest of there. Uh -huh. um, Again, a great, a great uh, combo area. Mm -hmm. um, I think you said it perfect. It's a combo area. Yeah. yeah. I think one of the things, you're going to go to Salta. You're going to go to Salta and Corrientes, which is north of Entre Rios. Okay. You're going to go to those areas because maybe that's the first place you went 
and now you're starting to know the staff and that type of stuff. Gotcha. It's extensive travel to get in there. So what does travel look like to get there versus here? Come into BA, transfer down to the domestic airport, get on another plane, fly to Salta, get in the truck, drive there. You know, you you lose most of the time. You're going to lose that afternoon shoot. You're also going to lose that that AM shoot. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, a great area for someone who wants to just simply experience Argentina. You know, the the trifecta, we'll say. You know, the ducks, doves, and perdies. Yeah. Most guys that when they go there, they're either gonna, they're either gonna go back and do the, the triple threat, yep, <laughs> or they're going to um, say, you know what, and they're gonna say, you know, I yeah, I just I really like the ducks, or I really love the doves. The doves. I, I want to yeah. try, I want to try right. doves, I want to try doves in in the high volume season, so uh-huh. I can just compare it. So yeah, it's now we got back. We got to take one step back here. You never said what your percentage was. You said what the average person was, but what, what, what is yours? Honesty. Uh, my best round is 227 out of 250. 227 out of 250? With a 28 gauge. And Be- I, best I've ever done on ducks, me and another guide shot uh, with Langdon, remember? <laughs> uh, two boxes of shells, 50 shots. Yeah. We had 52 ducks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> In, Ant- in Antirios, I went 50 for 50. Yeah. All Rosie Bills. All Drake Rosie Bills. But they're all coming on the same line. Same path. And when they come in on the oh, same you get, line, you get it down. it's just, it marked, it's like shot. what we experienced this morning. I mean, yeah. if we seriously sat down and just, you know, turned the camera off, whatever, yeah. let's have fun. We've done this before. And let's, I mean. Pick. Yeah. It, bang. Bang. It, yeah. We, it, it could have got really ugly. Oh, it took me a second to warm up this morning. <laughs> it's hard to edit get, that part out of the film. You got, you got, you got, you know, light in the sky, so the water's light, but uh-huh. that much above the water, black as the ace of spades. Yeah, can't see yeah. a thing. And then you got trees in the background, right. black. So you got this duck coming. You're like, yes. And all of a sudden, he locks up, and disappears. lose him yeah. until he splashes. <laughs> so you're like, this. yeah, right now, <laughs> that didn't work. So if he doesn't peel out of there, you got him. <laughs> You know, that or those teal coming in it. Yeah, they're crisscross. Five coming around yeah. the corner. That's what I know. Yeah. 227, you said? 227 out of 250. With Not a 20, bad. With a 28 gauge. Did you enjoy a, a glass or two of wine that, that night? That won me uh, what was a pot on that. Oh, you went out with a purpose that day. It was, I it was, was percentages. I was, we at, uh, I was at a place. Um, this is in uh, Cordoba. I was at a place, and I, and and when you know, looking at places, it's uh-huh. it's you know, you got to respect the fact that other clients are there, yep. and it's that's yep. their trip. I the last thing I want to do is interfere with anything, and I always tell you know, I I don't have to you know, yes, I'll take an afternoon shooting because I want to yep. understand how your bird boys act yep. and you know yep. what's going on, but rarely do I go to a place and it's just bang this guy's up. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, that I don't need to do that. Yep. I don't. I don't need to shoot all your doves to know that you've got the got right doves. the yep. right logistics to you know take care of yep. our clients. Yep. And so, it's a group. You know, there's like ten of them, and uh, all of a sudden, they start going. And oh. I, I think it's fun. I mean, I'm just yeah. watching. I'm having a glass of wine the first evening, just uh-huh. relaxing and. And they're throwing in, and, and the outfitter says, well, if you're going to do it, the best way to do it is, and this is how I got on the 250, he goes, you have to shoot a minimum of 250 shells, and and then you just go off a hitting percentage. And so everybody threw in 100 bucks. Gotcha. It's 100 bucks in the pot, and they give you a printout at the end of the whole thing. Here it is. By the day or what? How many shells and yeah, you get number of shells, number of shells shot, number of boxes that you're you know, and and number of birds shot Uh and all that stuff. So you compare obviously shot shells to number of birds shot. Gotcha. And so, but they did it on a daily basis for this particular group, and I was just watching. It was Uh fun. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I'm good. They're like, hey, you want into this? And I'm and you know, I'm a guy just sitting in jeans. They have no idea who i am nor nor should they know who i am i'm not you know i'm just a dude Mm -hmm. and uh 
they your ringer is what you that's what he is he was sitting in the back <laughs> and, and sipping they, on the wine and, and they and they i that, don't play pool yeah i don't play pool yeah, i've never played, played this game before it's fun <laughs> <laughs> um so they come around and, and the outfitters you know george uh, 12 or 20 and george you know 12 uh-huh. you know jimmy ronnie lonnie whatever it goes through the whole group uh-huh. matt what do you want i go hey do you have a 28 he goes, yeah, yeah. I got. It. I go. He has, he has got a silver pigeon twenty eight, and I'm like, perfect, because I've got one at home. Uh-huh. And because I was going to multiple places, and uh, I said, yeah, I'll I'll just shoot the twenty eight. That's cool. And there was this awkward kind of huh. people you just kind of looked a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I just have shot. You know, just sore. I was at another lot. Just, <laughs> oh, just thought I'd go out. And so then they start. Such the, a ringer. Then they yeah, start slow then they, then they start. The, then they start the whole, you know, throw 100 bucks in. and There's the pot. And I'm, hey, time to eat. Let's go. And I go in there. Never played pool before. Yeah, all of a sudden someone goes, well, if, are you in on this? I'm like, no, fellas, this, this is your gig. Have fun. It'll be cool to see who wins. Ah, oh, you're scared. And then somebody said, you're scared. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, oh, Okay, I'm in. All right, I'm in. <laughs> I but, said, but we're up in the pot now. It's two hundred bucks. Each. Well, I tried. I tried <laughs> to. Play. I tried to use the. Uh, um, I said, ah, I'm just shooting a twenty-eight, and they said, Well, I mean, that's your choice. And I go, That's true. It is. I go, No, you guys do it. I, 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 I truly didn't. It wasn't a purpose of mine. I didn't do it on, on purpose. But, long story short, they made me put a hundred bucks in, and we went you out. Won. We went out and shot, <laughs> and I. Put a lot. I put a few more hundreds back in my in my wallet, and uh, when I it was funny when they handed out the sheets because they come in a folder, you know, uh-huh. a nice folder with the whole thing. And and what's cool is the lodge takes pictures, so you got a DVD in, and and this is the awesome. this is the time when it's done because time you're 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 dating yourself the DVD yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah and so they open the and they start looking through, and all of a sudden they're. Holy shit! This Gendorf guy. (laughs) What the heck? So there wasn't a lot said. It was just a stack of hundreds that hit the table, (laughs) and I went, "Thank you." Okay. They said one of the guys did say, "He goes, a bet's a bet, and you played it well." (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You played us. I'm just saying, I was involved. That group, those a hundred bucks to those guys was not a lot. No, not a lot. They Just to keep it interesting. They st- yeah. Yeah. It's more bragging rights than anything. So mm. you hurt the egos. <laughs> hurt the egos. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, guys. What did I, what did I miss? Did we miss anything that we wanted to cover today on, on Argentina Waterfall that you think guys in the U.S. would want to want to hear? I don't think so. Thanks for having us. No. Just what, what do you – I have a question. Sure. Guys coming down, right? Yeah. Is there anything that they – should know or bring that makes their That's trip. That's a good one. That makes yep. their trip. I mean, I, I, every time I pack for this trip, my bag just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. That's good. Uh, I always say this, kind of like what you have, the lightweight waders. Everybody always says, can I get away with knee boots? Can I get away with hip boots? And I always said this exact same thing. Bring up light pair of waders. Uh-huh. Keeps you warmer, keeps you cleaner, and it keeps you more organized. Yeah. And it doesn't take up a huge amount in your in your bag. Well, that and if like uh, last night when we were when we were hunting, we moved into the reeds. We had the option to move. Yeah, you could have been right. fine with hip boots, but right. you wouldn't have been able to move where where Maxi moved us, where the birds were going, and all of a so sudden, so that's at it. Keeps you organized, <laughs> keeps you warmer, keeps you more versatile. Yeah, there it is, versatility. Yeah, man, Maxi. Well. I always say, if you like to hunt, you need to come to Argentina. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just one experience you need to have. It is. It is. Yeah. I agree with that. But as far as, like, I, I was hunting a couple of days here now. What did I bring that I didn't need to? Well, obviously, a lot of extra clothes. Um, for the things that you that I was happy I bring, like, like my my waiter pants, the ones that go underneath the waiters that are comfy, like jammies, like that's yeah. for me, because you're wearing waiters every these. day, you're out there, yep. just be comfortable. Yeah. And finger, like fingerless gloves, because you're going to do a lot of shooting, you're grabbing yep. a lot of shells, you want to be able to do it, but it's it's brisk in the morning, so you, yeah. want, you want something on your finger. And a hat, bring a hat, bring so, a hat. That, so you don't flare off the birds. Yep. You've got to have a camouflage hat. Talking to the two camera guys right now that are <laughs> sitting here with bald heads. Mm. So shiny. No, it's really a, a you know, and, and one of the, th- that you can, 
one of the things I love about this particular place is this is this is a duck camp, right? Yeah. You don't have to have, you know, a tie for dinner. No. Although no. the the food is tie worthy. Yeah. You don't have to have it. Yeah. I mean, you can come in here, you can drop your waiters in your private room, and you can walk in here in a pair of sweatpants and flip flops. And, and nobody's going to say anything to you. Nobody's going to judge you. And, and you're here. This is your own private little duck camp. Now, if fun. if there is a group that likes that stuff sure. we can do that too and they can we can wear it to i'll put a tie on if i have to you got a tie with you right now i do in my room yeah what? just in case there's a really important is client next to the Malbec, right yeah <laughs> and the benelli yeah there it is, <laughs> there it is. well perfect thanks guys all right thank thanks you. for having yeah. us see ya thank you everyone out there for all the support and downloads don't forget go leave a five-star rating and a written review on apple podcast that always helps also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.